The Plumbing Professional is sponsored by Blue Frog Plumbing and Drain. Welcome to The Plumbing Professional, a podcast for plumbers by plumbers, where we break down plumbing problems into simple processes. I'm one of your hosts, James Walker. And I'm your other host, Jack Pruitt. Today, Jack, we're going to be talking about gas leaks and gas lines. And so often, is somebody calling you out specifically because they smell gas, or is it just you're finding these gas leaks while you're out there doing an evaluation? You know what, James? I've had both. But if they do call me out because there is a gas leak and they specifically smell a gas leak, I typically ask the client to leave the home. So at the phone call taker level, before the plumber even rolls wheels, you're saying that if they call in and we've got a gas leak, go ahead and tell them what? Open the windows, open the doors, get out of the house. What would you tell them if they call you before you even roll wheels as a plumber? I I would tell them that if they do smell gas, number one, don't shut on and off the electricity. Hmm. Number two, don't start up their car in the garage. Number three, they might could open a window um, I, I, time is of the essence here because people can die from this and so I typically just want them to leave but I don't want them to start up the car I don't want them to turn on and off the electricity okay so if you're saying that they're smelling it then typically it's in amounts large enough that it's dangerous at that point absolutely and if you're let's just talk preemptively before somebody has a gas leak if you're in a known gas area i guess it could be really valuable for a plumber even though we're you know mostly doing water if we're doing an evaluation and we realize they don't have carbon monoxide detectors you're saying that should be something that we educate the customers on through videos and and show them why it's really valuable to go ahead and put in those carbon monoxide detectors absolutely every house that um, has gas should have carbon monoxide detectors and it's real easy to do a gas check in a house they anymore there's a gas sniffer or one that they could use and they could go around to see if it smells any gas or if there's any gas in the area and these ones are very precise so they can pick it up a lot easier than the nose or the human can pick that up so it's real easy to do a gas check in the home and it doesn't take that much time so you're telling them evacuate the home and then you show up and you go in Uh, What do you need to be looking for? Where do you start? What process do you go through? Where are the places you should be looking and what should you be doing to evaluate? Well, during the safety and health evaluation, when they go out and do a plumbing evaluation, they're going to go to the water heater anyway. So I always started at the water heater. And if it was gas, I'd do a little gas test right there. And then I'd look around to see if there's a gas stove and I would check the gas stove. And then I'd see if there's a gas fireplace. Typically, There might be one more, which would be the gas furnace, and it Mm -hmm. could be inside the house. So those four things are crucial inside the house. Now, outside the house, there might be a gas fire pit or maybe even gas running to a a charcoal burner outside. outside. So you're saying if we get called for a gas leak or maybe even just in general, we obviously check all the inside things, but if we know that we're in an area that has or they do have an outside fireplace or a fire pit, and we're in an area that might be more prone towards uh, the ground moving, cracking, shaking, drying, whatever. It's definitely worth our time to go ahead and make sure that that line is, is clear and clean as well, right? Absolutely. And it doesn't take time just to walk around with your one to walk out to a fire pit to see if it smells any gas. 
or see if the needle goes up and down that's telling you there is a gas leak or there is not a gas leak. So all you have to do is walk out to the fire pit and walk back in the house. So it's very simple, very easy. So if you're now evaluating and diagnosing where the leaks are, where do you start and how do you make sure that you've got all the leaks and not just, you know, one or if it's, uh, does it happen that you have more than one gas leak often, more often than not, or is it mostly just almost always one? Most of the time it's only one. Now, sometimes there's more than one. If there is a gas leak and they've called me out for a gas leak, I'll go ahead and shut off the gas. So then I'm looking for a manifold to see if there's a manifold on the gas, the main gas line coming in. Then I'll separate each one of the gas lines to see which one is leaking and where that's leaking at. How long do you think it should take for you to do a full evaluation and, and, and validation that the gas line is fixed or repaired? I mean, are we talking hours? Are we talking minutes? What does it look like to actually decide to go ahead and repair that gas line? Well, if we're talking validation, whether or not they have a gas leak, number one, with the gas uh, instrument in hand, it doesn't take maybe 15 minutes to check and maybe not even five minutes to check all their gas appliances to see if they're leaking. Number two, if you do have a gas leak and they have evacuated and you've already repaired the gas leak, you need to air that up with air and to a certain amount of pounds and then you will let that set for 30 minutes or an hour. I would certainly not not leave under an hour. So I know with uh, water mains out, drainage, etc., often the places that roots will find through are at the joints. Are there any specific places that they should look first and foremost uh, when they're finding a gas leak? I mean, is it at the valves? Is it at the turns? Is it at crimp points? Where are you going to see the most places of line breakage? Most of the time, the gas leaks are at a shutoff valve or a flex line going into an appliance like a water heater. Okay. And if it's not there, if it's in a main line, there's something happened to that. For instance, one time I had a gas leak, and the gas leak was after we had put in new appliances in the house, and they put in a microwave over my stove. Mm -hmm. When they screwed the microwave into the wall, they penetrated. They really didn't penetrate that gas line, but they they screwed it in, and the point of the screw hit the gas line. Mm over the, about six months or seven months it vibrated and finally vibrated a little pinhole in a flex line in the wall coming from the manifold to the stove mm. now that took some doing because my manifold was in the attic so i shut the manifold off and i checked the main line after i checked the main line i uh, what I did is cap off each one of the lines, so I screwed back in each one of the lines, so I checked each one of the lines. just so happened it was the last line that I checked, and that was the line going to my stove. So then I had to run a new flex line through the attic and down through the wall to my shutoff valve for the stove. Well, you're bringing up an interesting point. Does flex line, obviously it's easier to work with, is it better or worse or does it matter as opposed to hard line and, and that just happened to be a one-off scenario? Well see that that runs down through the wall and you don't have very much attic space so you almost have to use flex line unless you tear out the sheetrock and put a new hard hard copper up through the wall so it was much easier and much more convenient to use that flex line. But flex line is great, it really is, it has to be cut properly because it has to be cut straight and the end that goes on is a two-part end and it cramps around the 
the very last groove of the flex line, so it has to put on, be put on properly as well. Which brings up an important question. Obviously, in dealing with gas, you want to be extremely precise. Uh, if ever you're being precise, definitely dealing with gas. Are there any no-nos or any, uh, hey, this is a good rule of thumb or best practices when it comes to either repairing, replacing, or diagnosing gas lines or gas leaks? The biggest no-nos are some of the flex lines sold from Home Depot or Lowe's or someplace like that might not be a code-approved gas line. Make sure it's a code-approved gas line. Also make sure that you use the proper gas tape and gas dope to go around the threads to make sure it's sealant. It seals the threads properly. And then don't over tighten, don't under tighten, and uh, it, you should get it. <laughs> Jack, it's been great talking to you. We'll see you guys on the next podcast episode, and y'all have an awesome day. Thank you very much, and have a fantastic day. The Plumbing Professional is sponsored by Blue Frogs Plumbing and Drain. Blue Frog is a national plumbing network that focuses on creating the optimal opportunity for its plumbers by providing an amazing experience for their customers. For more information, check out bluefrogplumbing.com.